Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on April 4th, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. Now, there's one thing that won't change in this episode, and for that, we have a special announcement. AT, music please. That's right. Congratulations to the University of South Carolina women's basketball team for winning the national championship. We salute you, Lady Gamecocks, for defeating the evil Yukon girls. Boo! Go, Lady Gamecocks. Way to go. We salute you. You are all honorary leaders today. <clears throat> Back to the show. This episode features part of my recent discussion with Senate Minority Leader Brad Hutto about what's on the Democrats' agenda for the remaining days of session and what they can get done. Senator Lindsey Graham weighs in on his decision not to support Supreme Court Justice nominee Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson's confirmation and his thoughts on the situation in Ukraine. We're skipping business today, but we do have insight from DHEC Director Dr. Edward Simmer on the second booster shot for those over 50 and people who are immunocompromised and how the state is positioned in light of the federal funding debate in Congress. That's in medical. Also, live taping alert, we are going to be at Sumter Original Brewery on April 28th at 6.30 p.m. for a live taping with two of your favorite friends of the pod. I can't tell you who yet, but they've confirmed. Can't tell you who. We'll tell you soon. But come out, have a pint, participate in some fellowship, and snag some swag. We have pint glasses with the lead logo on them that you can only get at live taping events. Register now on our Eventbrite by going to scetv.org slash sclead. It's free, but we'd like to know who's coming. Again, April 28th, 6.30 p.m., Sumter Original Brewery. We do love to see you guys, but we also love to hear from you. That's why we have a voicemail box set up to hear about your life. This is your moment to tell us about what's going on. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's happening at 803-563-7169. The hopper is always in need. We would appreciate any time you can spare, as long as it's three minutes or less. That's not my rule. That's Google's. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is low, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, we don't have the most recent data from DHEC yet, so we'll give you those numbers on Saturday after we get them. It's crossover week at the State House. Yay, celebration. Ticking down to Sine Die, which is the last day of session on May 12th. But before then, we have to see where things are going and what has the greatest likelihood of getting to the governor's desk. Enter crossover day. You need a bill to make it from one chamber to another by crossover day this Thursday to have a shot of getting to the governor's desk. Otherwise, you would need two-thirds of a vote to do that, and even with Republican majorities, there still can be differences within parties, especially when it comes to bills like the Trans Athlete Ban Bill, which previously faced Republican objection in the House last year. This bill will be the focus of debate in the House this week, as it has been set for special order, giving it priority on the House calendar. A similar bill is moving in the Senate, and is one of the issues I spoke to Senate Minority Leader Brad Hutto about on This Week in South Carolina. Here's what the Orangeburg Democrat had to say about that bill and others, including the Education Scholarship Accounts Bill that just passed the Senate. Well, we've got hundreds of 750, 800,000 uh, students in the public school system 
And for us to focus a debate on a maximum of 5,000 children seems like a just misplaced time when we've got uh, tremendous issues facing uh, our students in public school. We've got issues uh, with uh, teachers leaving the classroom during the pandemic and have not returned and therefore teacher vacancies. So the ideas uh, are, are um, issues around teacher pay, teacher recruitment, teacher retention uh, persist. Um, we Children, because of the pandemic uh, and the separation that they had, uh, a lot more mental health problems showing up among children that need to be discussed. And it just seems to us that the focus on a voucher program that's going to maybe impact a few hundred children um, is a, a, an opportunity to talk about education that's misplaced. I mean, we should be talking about the big picture. Uh, yes, there are going to be a few uh, children that are potentially helped by this uh, system. But it's but in the scheme of things, and, and those children are important, so don't get me wrong. And, and so it's a worthy discussion to have just to have the main focus of the first education debate that we have in the Senate be focused on a very narrow slice of the problem was problematic. The second part of it was we do not believe until we fully fund the public school system and fix the known problems in the public school system that we should be diverting public money to a private voucher plan. In fact, that was tried by the governor recently, uh, went to the, all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said you can't do that. And so it, here we are, Supreme Court telling us we can't do it, and we're going to spend a week, week and a half debating it anyway. Senator, I want to keep with education for a minute and talk about another controversial bill, which is the so-called Save Women's Sports Act. Uh, that's dealing with transgender high school students who are participating in sports. And, and the Senate bill also includes collegiate athletes, too. Um, that's going to be, it's on the Senate calendar. It should be up for debate pretty soon, it's my understanding. How, how big of a debate will this be, especially as we approach crossover next week in terms of getting a bill over to another chamber before uh, we finish the session? It's a solution seeking a problem, right? There is no problem. Uh, right now, in the entire uh, system of public schools in South Carolina, there have been four petitions. Two have been granted. Two have not been granted. In, in no controversy around any of the, of the athletes that were involved in the current situation. So we don't have an ongoing problem, and we do have a process that resolves this. Once you move this to the collegiate arena, the, the issue becomes much more problematic for South Carolina. We remember when we had the Confederate flag on the dome, how many times we missed out on tournaments and other things that we hosted here in South Carolina. Coming off of the successful hosting in Greenville of Final Four games in women's and men's basketball that we're going to be potentially blocked from hosting, blocked from baseball regionals, why, why pick this fight when, when there is not a problem? Uh, you know, they, they cite uh, one one swimmer somewhere and something in Connecticut like the, this, the, like the sky's falling. It, it's not. And, and so, again, here we are going to take two or three days of legislative debate, potentially put our colleges uh, and, and universities and the cities that host these events in uh, economic peril. Uh, over something that's not really an issue. And sir, uh, I want to ask you about some other bills, including sure. bills that have already made it over to the Senate, have crossed over, using that term there, uh, including the uh, broad bipartisan-supported hate crimes bill that is on the Senate calendar, made it out of the Senate Judiciary. It's being blocked by several Senate Republicans. I asked uh, Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey about this. He says it's not as actually big of a deal as some people are making it out to be. What are your thoughts on this hate crimes bill that is in the Senate right now? It ought to pass. We passed a bipartisan hate crimes bill in 1998 in the Senate, did not pass the House. Now the House has passed one. 
nothing really has changed other than we've had a colleague of ours assassinated in a hate crimes uh, act of, of violence. If anybody should pass a hate crimes bill, it should be the South Carolina Senate. It is a big deal. We have uh, right now, uh, we are, have the potential to lose business investment in South Carolina. We're one of only two states that doesn't have a hate crimes bill. The uh, Our own uh, Republican Senator Tim Scott just got the anti-lynching bill through the U.S. Congress. Uh, we can't get a simple hate crimes bill through the South Carolina Senate. It's really a shame. You can catch that full interview on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. And you can also check out my interview with Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey from the week before there as well. It's the internet, folks. Other statehouse activity we're watching this week includes in the House, where the full Medical, Military, Public, and Municipal Affairs Committee, known as 3M, took up the Senate-approved medical marijuana bill S-150 on Monday. Another committee meeting is scheduled for Thursday. On Tuesday, there is a House Ethics Committee meeting that we'll be watching. Hmm. And we could even see some movement on the critical race theory bill. Let's jump chambers over to the Senate, where a finance subcommittee will take up the American Rescue Plan Act authorization bill passed by the House, which sends hundreds of millions of dollars to close the broadband gap, fund rural infrastructure projects, and boost funding for roads and bridges. The Senate approved a plan that is slightly different than the House's, but the big ticket items remain. So we'll see what they do with that House bill. On Wednesday, a Judiciary Subcommittee will take up the early voting bill, H4919. That bill passed the House with unanimous support in early March. And as I mentioned to you last week, South Carolina Public Radio's Victoria Hansen spoke with Senator Lindsey Graham. Here is part of her interview with Graham, who the day before made news by saying he would not support Supreme Court Justice nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson's confirmation. But was it just because he didn't get his preferred pick, Judge Michelle Childs, a federal district court judge from here in South Carolina? Here's Graham. Well, I think uh, Michelle Childs I could have supported because I know her. Um, you got to remember that Judge Jackson was the favorite of the radical left, and I've always wondered why now and now. Uh, in the immigration case, she ruled for uh, uh, leftist groups supported by George Soros who challenged the Trump administration's decision to expand ex- expedited uh, deportation in cases the statute allowed. She basically engaged in legal gymnastics to rule against the Trump administration. The language in that opinion was very much the language of the left, and she was reversed. Michelle Childs would have been a reliable liberal vote, no doubt in my mind, but she's somebody that's shown a willingness to be limited by the law. I found Judge Jackson not limited by the plain wording of the statute. That, to me, is the definition of an activist. And the sentencing history of Judge Childs has been much more, much more tougher on crime. Graham said he didn't feel bound by his previous support for Jackson, saying it's a new game with new rules, citing a past Biden comment when he was in the Senate. Graham continued to harp on his concerns over Jackson's sentencing of child porn cases, despite her rulings being in line with federal sentencing guidelines approved by Congress, as well as ruling in some ways harsher than federal judges appointed by Republicans. Graham also slammed the Biden administration for lifting Title 42, a Trump-era policy that allowed the administration to turn away migrants at the border, citing the CDC rule to deny entry due to the COVID public health emergency. The rule will be lifted on May 23rd, and several Republican governors have already launched a lawsuit over it. Senator Graham also gave his latest perspective on the Ukraine crisis. Uh, Five weeks, six weeks into this thing, the good news is that the Ukraine are fighting like tigers. The Russian army is beginning to break and Putin's control on Russia is beginning to crack. The bad news is six weeks into this fight, 
They still don't have the armaments they've been requesting, MiGs to take the fight to the Russian army more effectively, and now they're requesting tanks. Can you only matter what they can you only imagine what they could do if they had tanks? So I'm forgiving them the equipment they need to defend their territory and to punish uh, this Russian invasion, and I'm very disappointed that we're not doing this. The final thought, uh, President Zelensky has asked uh, Great Britain, France, and the United States if there is an agreement with Russia to guarantee the sovereignty of Ukraine this time in a more direct way. We have uh, mutual defense agreements with Japan and Australia as a nation. It is in our interest to work with those two nations to come to their aid and vice versa. I think the same is true in the Ukraine. If this war ends and you don't change the calculation for Putin, he'll come right back and take what's left of the Ukraine, and he's not done there. He wants to reconstruct the Soviet Union, the old Russian Empire. That's what he said last year, and that's his goal, not just to create a buffer zone between Russia and NATO. So my hope is that we would give security guarantees to the Ukraine, like we have with Australia and Japan, let Putin know if he's still in power, that if you try this again, you're taking on the whole Western world. Victoria also asked Graham about the role former President Donald Trump is playing in the primaries, specifically in the 1st and 7th congressional district races. Here's what Graham is focused on. He has a lot of uh, power in the Republican Party. Uh, Tom and Nancy are very good friends, and you know they're fighting and competing, and we'll leave it up to the voters. Uh, I'm not trying to... I'm looking forward, personally. I'm looking to try to find a way to regain the House and the Senate. If Republicans have the House and the Senate, we can set the agenda for the country for the next two years. We can shape the 2024 presidential election. We can have bills on the floor that talk about how to secure the border, how to increase oil and gas production, things that we could do to hurt Putin even more. So my focus for the rest of the year is going to be about beating Democrats and regaining the House and the Senate. And his former 2020 Democratic rival turned Democratic National Committee Chairman Jamie Harrison tweeted Monday during the Senate Judiciary Committee vote on Jackson that Graham's vote, quote, has nothing to do with Judge Jackson. It has to do with the fact that he wasn't able to get his way and be the center of attention. Tough lesson to learn at 66, but in life, sometimes you don't always get what you want. Just don't act like a baby because of it, quote. DHEC Director Dr. Edward Simmer was before the Joint Bond Review Committee the other day discussing the health agency's response to the pandemic, which has cost some $630 million since the start more than two years ago. But Simmer also addressed the latest news, including a second booster shot for immunocompromised individuals and those over 50. Here's Dr. Simmer. There are some questions about when people should get it. Um, Certainly for those who are ill or who have high risk factors for COVID, we recommend they get it right away. But for those who are healthy, they may want to wait a bit, especially if they've already had the first booster, uh, until we see, if we see, an increase in cases because the effectiveness of the boosters does wane somewhat with time. Um, And so waiting until you start to see an increase may be a better strategy for those who are healthy. So we are producing some educational material that will cover all of that. Uh, We will be working with not only MUSC, but our many other partners that help us distribute the vaccine across the state uh, to make sure that the public is well educated and knows when to get the booster and when it's available. 
Dr. Simmer also elaborated on the issues surrounding federal funding, which we mentioned the other week, and what effects we will see as the money dries up and lawmakers in Washington haggle over the details. You may also hear Senator Ronnie Cromer chime in here during this clip. So the federal money for uninsured has run out. Okay. Um, for testing, for some of the treatments like the monoclonal antibodies. Now, we still have an adequate supply of treatment in monoclonal, including monoclonal antibodies, also the oral treatments like Paxlovid in the state. So we still are able to provide those at no cost uh, to individuals who would benefit from them. So at this point, we, we feel at least for the next several weeks, we have an adequate supply. Okay. Uh, we are concerned about that. We know that the, the Congress, federal Congress is still working on that issue. Certainly, it is our agency's intent that we will continue to provide the vaccine at no charge to those who are uninsured or underinsured for the foreseeable future. If we have to use our own internal funds to do that, we will. Simmer said there is a reserve fund that could be tapped to reimburse providers for COVID-related costs that were previously covered by federal dollars. But again, to reiterate, those who are uninsured or underinsured will still have the ability to get the vaccine at no cost. Late last week, Senate negotiators agreed in principle to a $10 billion COVID funding bill, while that's significantly less than the $22 billion bill that the Biden administration asked for, the bill has bipartisan support right now, which is needed to get at least 60 votes for its passage in the Senate. However, this funding bill coincides with the Senate taking up Judge Jackson's confirmation as the days tick down to the two-week spring recess that begins next week. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're talking about life during the pandemic, and of course, we want to hear your stories as well. Of course. That's why we have a voicemail box set up to hear from you, 803-563-7169. As you can tell, I'm not coming to you from a couch. I'm coming to you back Sadly. from the studios. Sadly. So uh, back in studio here with A.T. Shire. Um, <laughs> Don't AT... tell people my last name. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say your first two names, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us have two first names. <laughs> or is the T a middle name? It's a middle name, but that's okay. <laughs> it's the T. You know what? That's okay. We're not here for the T report. You'd think like five years into our friendship, you'd know that, but that's all right, Gavin. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> you don't hear me going as G.S. Jackson. Maybe I will. I think you should. I think it's good. Anyway, it's Gavin. It's refined. Uh, go ahead and ask me the question. Is the, is the T the middle name? No. <laughs> ask me the question about the hopper, why don't you? About the hopper? How is it? Oh, there's one call in it. Bink. Boink. <laughs> you mean like a water drop sound yeah. effect there? <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, so uh, we need a few more calls in there. Anyway, we got one for today. Great. Is that cool with you? Is that yeah. all right with you? <laughs> sure thing. Okay, Mr. Boss Guy. Uh, I guess I'll just play it like you don't, want. Don't tell people my last name. <laughs> I'm Gavin Jackson Boss Guy, okay? <laughs> okay, you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Hey, Gavin and AT. This is Laura from Tomasi. Um, you guys just broke my heart saying you didn't have any callers in last week. So here I am. I wanted to let you know that I am really excited about getting back into um, the parks. I just got my South Carolina annual park passport and started going around to visit my local parks, state parks, and um, was really surprised at uh, how little they are offering. Um, there's really reduced hours at the ranger stations, and a lot of the events that they had planned aren't happening. And I was just kind of wondering if you guys could explain to me if there's something like a limited budget or what's going on with parks and tourists, recreation, that they would think that with everybody 
getting out into nature like we all got used to doing during COVID, that it was a good idea to reduce the hours of all their employees. So I don't know if you have an answer to that, but thank you for listening. Laura from Tomasi, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. And honestly, we learned, I, I always thought it was Tennessee. So thank you for letting us know how to pronounce Tam- Tomasi. Yeah, I, I really thought it was like Tennessee, but it's Tomas, mm-hmm. Tomasi. It's like all of our other little hidden gems in the language here in South Carolina. Oh, Eugene, Ori. Hazel Street. Oh, I love to see it. Love yeah, to hear it. Very good. Um, but Laura, I was looking around and I know that's been an issue. There's been a lot of wear and tear in the parks and their funding over the years, so I think they've discovered that they need to really bring things up to up to snuff because of so many people going out and visiting our parks. And I was looking around the budgets, and they, they do have about $31 million extra going to them this year to help upgrade and safe up park facilities, modernize camping amenities and the mm. like, and existing exhibits within the state park. So an extra $31 million going there, a lot of money. Uh, they, they realize how valuable these parks are to us because of what we've been going through. So... Hopefully they'll get some more rangers out there and not reduce those hours anymore because, like we said, it's they're bumping. Oh, yeah. And we still need to go. And I love that we're having this conversation. We're still talking about the parks because they are a great asset. You know, you got the mountains. You got the sea. You got us in the middle. You got everything in the in, in the between. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So very cool. Let us know if you're out about. Check out the parks. People want to know. Your recommendations, give us a give us a call, 803-563-7169. I love how many listeners we have that are just uh, nature freaks yeah. out there, you know? Love that. We should actually go do a taping in one of the parks one of these days. I, you I and me could go that. on a hike. Oh, this would be Ugh. great. People would love that for the wind downs. We could just record it. We could do something. We'll probably, let's pick a really hot day to do I got to tell you, Gavin, if I went on a hike with you. I know, it's going to be I, so good. And I didn't with my wife. She would, I, it would probably get a divorce. You Can know, she would come? divorce me. What, what do you mean? We go, we go what, hiking? What, 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 do you, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going hiking even despite Caitlin's pleas? I don't like to hike. I know. But I'm, the, not, the, I'm it, not an outdoorsman. Isn't marriage, from what I've read, all about compromise? <laughs> <laughs> I heard, uh, intellectually, I know that. My you know? first divorce, if yeah. I can give you any advice, AT. Oh, uh, yeah, please, late on, yeah. Not enough compromise. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never, some people thought I was actually married. I've never been married. No, you, you, you strike me as... Uh, Oh, I'm eligible. too free spirited, <laughs> as Any, they would say. Anyway, Gavin, how was your weekend, huh? Oh, it was lovely. You know, watched the lady uh, women's basketball. You that know, Friday night and Saturday night. I watched and I watched that Duke game on Saturday. I mean, Saturday, Friday night, the Sunday women's, night, Friday, women's. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all three. Yeah, yeah. So you sports this weekend? Yeah, but I'm not gonna watch. I don't think I'll watch the men's final tonight. No, the, I don't the really Duke care. one was sort of the, the. Everyone was talking about that, yeah. and uh, it was quite something to see. We talk about an nail biter. I'm I, glad that the women's games. We're not that close. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got to check in on the women's game. I started it. I saw us crush. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll, mm-hmm. ch- I'll check back on this. And we won by almost 20 points. So, But it's funny because even, you know, we're up by like 10, we're up by 12, 15, even with, you know, two minutes left with a, such a big lead, I still was like, mm, I'm not celebrating yet. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's March Madness, right? Like anything can happen. As so. a Sixers fan, I've seen many a 25-point lead blown, mm. but um, I'm glad that the ladies hung on. I got to finish yes. my golf, and then I finished the game. It was really good, really fun. Yeah, very great. Uh, great time for us here in the state to celebrate such 
hard work, especially uh, against UConn. Oof. Oh yeah, way to do it. Way to way to like bring it down. G- Gino Oriema. <laughs> Genoa. Genoa, named after the salami. Okay. <laughs> Gino, Genoa. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, makes for me my, hungry. This weekend, my my in laws are in yes. town, and we drove to Charleston. Magic. And um, the weirdest part about the whole thing is that uh, in Caitlin's new car. It has like a lane assist, and it sort of it basically drives for you. Mm-hmm. So, eighty percent of the drive down, I was just sitting in the chair. Weird. It drove even in traffic for me. Slowed down, sped up, and everything. What about people jumping into your lane? It My slowed down. Fear. It slowed down. Huh. It was quick. Did I, you even pretend to hold the wheel? I was at the ready. Okay. Because okay. I was. It was the first time anything like this I've done, mm-hmm. and it was very strange. I mean, literally for 40 minutes straight, I was just sitting there, and it drove. Ugh. It was disquieting. It was unsettling. Ugh. Yeah, it was strange. And I could I could <laughs> truly see getting used to it, right, uh-huh. and falling asleep. Totally. Because I was bored. You're talking to a guy that's about to drive to Florida. Can I borrow your car? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to have lasers in the front or something. Yeah. Because even when there are cars way ahead, way ahead, it matches their speed. Interesting. Very strange. Yeah, because, you know, I'm always fearful of that hard slamming of brakes that happens, mm-hmm. especially when you're driving, like, North Carolina right on the line. Like, it's always happening there. Everyone's driving into, like, the sun, basically, and then slams on their brakes. Yeah. That's what I'd be fearful about. But that thing, I mean, I have front assist on my car, which does that for me sometimes. It's been mm-hmm. probably saved me a couple times, but that that's it doesn't drive itself like I mean, yours does. I got cut off a few times. And, and it knew? It knew. It was fine. Wow. Very strange. Very strange. And it didn't like ping pong me between the lanes to where it was it was very smooth. Mm-hmm. Very it, it could have it could have rocked me to bed, rocked me to sleep. You're so living easily. in the future, my yeah. friend. It was very weird, very strange. But I'd also like to say that I was at the Columbia Wine and Food Festival this weekend. And from the distance, promo. I saw, I saw a leader. Oh. I saw them appro- uh, approach. I'd never met them in person, and here sensed, they come. They, they pop leader. up, and he didn't recognize me. Mm. And I go, "Oh, I know who you are. Mm. I'm At." It, and he goes, "I'm Ryan." Oh my god! <laughs> and he got very nervous, but I insisted that he take a picture with me. Of course, it wasn't the other way around. So I, I, I knew him from. Instagram and social yeah. media and everything. And so this was my first IRL run-in with him, and mm-hmm. I felt like I was meeting a celebrity. Oh, so, Ryan, uh, I'm so happy to run into you. And it, I would love for you to call in and have a completely different recounting of how this went. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, I hung out with him before. Had a beer at Craft and Draft, and then Great love that you got to uh, pop into a leader of... of how exciting. And they hear the voice and it's like, gods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it was great. I love meeting you guys whenever, whenever, yeah. if you ever think it's me, it whoever is. it is, chase them, chase them down, oh, jump yeah. on their backs. We, we endorse. <laughs> but you were in Charleston. Yes. Bridge, bridge run going yeah, on. That was a mistake. Pink, um, pink bridge. It was the, the Cooper River bridge run. Uh, and so there were an extra 20,000 people, 20,000. Could that car find a parking spot for you? <laughs> I got pretty lucky with parking, oh. not going to lie. Not gonna I, had, lie. I had some pretty good parking spots over this weekend. That's a whole different story, but some pretty good also, front row parking Before spots. we get out of here, I do want to mention <laughs> real quick that you texted me and told me that you had pizza bites with ranch this weekend. Oh, my God. I forgot that I texted you that. And I, oh I'm a little disappointed. You, you had no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no. I was, I was uh, eating them by the handful during that, <laughs> during that women's game on Sunday night. But just like, just 
dipping a little in the ranch, and I, I, I must like say, I don't was, like this. It was a bit of a gateway. Ugh. It was a gateway. It's a gateway drug for sure. Legalize I, ranch. I, I mean, I wasn't <laughs> covering them with ranch. I was just. Just a little tap tap. Anyway, and, uh, um, that figured. that's just just a foul to me. Uh, anyway, Gavin, I hope you have a good week. I hope all our listeners had a good weekend. Call in. Yes. We don't have any calls going forward, so mm-hmm. we really need this. Hey, oh. I, I, we really need this from you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, got, we got a lot going wrong in our lives. Payments. <laughs> uh, yeah, you make sure you pull over, call us, or unless you're driving one of AT's future spaceship cars, they can just call for you right now, probably. 803-563-7169. Let us know what's going on. Just like Laura, we love hearing from you guys. Leave us your name, message, just a little love for the hopper, please. And you can also give us a review on iTunes. If you don't want to call, it's okay. It's not everyone's cup of tea. But we love those iTunes reviews as well. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCTV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. I was there. Richard Blade. I remember general public. They said, Richard, what do we need in this song? And it was a whistle solo. And all of a sudden, I was thinking to myself, what could it be? And I let a big whistle out. <laughs> and they said, oh, you did it, Richard. You Richard, you it. dog, Richard. Of course and I was there. And if you look, I have a production credit. <laughs> and of course they're going the on tour soon. <laughs> <laughs>